What is up, everybody? We are back. And somebody's back. Yahola Tiger's back. Me. I'm back. Hi. That's a, that's actually his spirit. He's not really <laughs> physically here. No, no there's, a project, there's a projector right up over here in the corner behind Tyler. Yeah. It's going right it's over like his ear, too. Hologram. Like the Tupac hologram. Yeah. I'm over here just telling weird, <laughs> random stories <laughs> of Bigfoot's Wild Weekend. <laughs> Our new movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> but with a twist. Uh, part two. <laughs> the deuce. <laughs> Not even just a deuce, a double deuce. Well, thanks for coming through, Yahola. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, we, we roasted you on the last one. Man, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. ready for that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm ready for that one. I'm... I've been writing my, my bars all week. So no. I guess everybody can add him back as a friend. Yeah. I know. I know. Some people was unfriending me. No, I'm playing. Getting blocked left and right. I know. Yep. They said, oh, he's not a part of the crew anymore. It was a Yahola Tiger block party. <laughs> blocked. Hey, don't, don't worry. I, I repeated the favor, so. I brought, I brought I blocked you too. No. <laughs> oh, really? Because I didn't notice. No, I'm just kidding. I'm still liking your post. No. Dang, he's real creak. Like, oh, he is. Like that, boy. No. You blocked me, I blocked you right back. We're at war. Dang. Yeah, I know. He's sour that cornbread down there. Yeah. Two fermented. Yeah. Dang. Well, it's good to be back, boys. It really is. How did how did the how did how did uh, the last episode go? It was good. It was real good. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I guess at the yeah. time that you're seeing this, yeah, I will have already known. Yeah, yeah, you know how it went. Yeah, <laughs> you hologram, saw that. You listened. Yahola. We're still we're gonna have to kinks with the hologram stuff. So yeah, and this is we're gonna create our own conspiracy of me being here, me be not being here. The clone. Yeah. Just don't know. Man. I need to build like a Yahola doll. You know, like put the iPad. No, nah, then you go start poking it with needles and stuff. <laughs> I'll be like, dang, my stomach's hurting. Let's get a giant mountain red, mountain red bull, mountain dew. <laughs> mountain red bull. <laughs> a mountain dew bottle and then put the iPad on it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> put the iPad. <laughs> dang it. So listener stories, anybody? I got a, I got a lot. Before you guys get started, I'd like to throw a shout out. I don't know if any of you guys can see this keen medallion that I'm wearing. And it was created by Lelone Marie Mowich. She's from Idaho. And she owns the Two Bears Healing and Craft Store on Facebook. I want to encourage you guys to hit her up for some business. You know, Idaho's known for their Bigfoot stories. This lady, she uh, creates her own ointments, facial things. They're all traditional herbal remedies from her nation. And so if you guys can help her out, you know, she's a struggling business. You know, again, you know, she uh, made this medallion. And she does other bead work, and I, I think her man does too. And <clears throat> so if you guys can help her out, you know, uh, they're part of the Bigfoot Nation up that way. So again, you guys help them out. Mm. A hoe. Yeah, I know sure. some of y'all are getting your 
tax returns back now. Don't me go. Oh my god! Spending them on things you're not supposed to be spending it on now. Buy local. <laughs> Buy from your local artist. Yeah. Chris has already got Designers. his back. There will be signs. I, I done spent my tax return. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. That medallion and sack of Brahms. Yeah. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> What's that deal? They got the five for. Is it five for ten? It's like the burger bag or the something. The burger bag. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. yeah. Junior burgers. Dang, people yeah. was up in arms too. I think it went up like 25 cents. Ooh. They was mad. Yeah, we were talking not too long ago about the five for five at Arby's, man. Back in the day, mm-hmm. you get five for five. Woo. Let's not even talk about gas. Oh, that was a good. That was the days, man. Gas prices? No, nah, we <laughs> I didn't. you talking about gas yeah, after Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had to clarify. <laughs> Tyler going to go left on that one. Letting it rip. <laughs> I see it's five for ten now. Yeah. Five for ten for, at Arby's? Yeah. Man. Went up five bucks. I always wondered. I know it's it's probably prime rib, but like my question is, how can I can't buy that actual type of meat at Walmart or somewhere? Mm. Like, why don't you just got like packaged Arby's meat somewhere? They might. Know. They might. I know they do. Uh, they got the curly fries. I was trying to buy sausage now at Walmart, and they have Whataburger sausage there. <laughs> oh, seriously? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dang. and it says like, what does it say? Like, uh, our very own special. Sausage is now available to you, or something, and it's like Whataburger sausage. Dang, it just tastes like how it regular sausage. Our, no, like how our Whataburger sausage tastes mm. when you order it. I've never had Whataburger sausage, so it's all right. I can't speak on it's it. It's okay. They, it's like eleven a.m. to eleven or eleven p.m. to eleven a.m. Mm. when they serve breakfast, so mm. it's all right. I wouldn't. It's not blue and gold. Oh, yeah. Let's not even get started on blue and gold now. <laughs> Man. So get y'all's Whataburger sausage now. I know that's a- tax return money. Blue <laughs> and gold <laughs> right there. Sausage, bacon. Chicken. I heard the chicken's it. pretty good. Yeah. And it's just regular chicken. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't no wild stuff in it. Like organic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically, I guess organic is wild, but anyways. Free range? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, Tyler. I no, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I got this story about Bigfoot. This person wants to be left anonymous. Um, she said it was early morning around 630. Very light fog because it's almost always foggy here in South Alabama. It was going past the, it was going past the open pole barn on the next little hill. It was black and tall as the poles and fast. It literally blinked and it was gone. Or month or, a month or so later, we were driving the back way home. We were driving the back way home, a little bit down from a big pine forest. My teenage son saw one step under a light pole, then back in the darkness. And when we drove by, it was the same thing, almost as tall as a light pole and black, dark brown. We also heard it. It makes coyotes shut up, and we just go in the house. You can tell when it's out, the animals act different. And she said, my great Pyrenees mix, big white dog will not go to the bathroom. She wants to go back in. We were out one night, and she perked her ears up and was staring out in the dark, and we heard it out near the cow pasture. It sounded like, ooh-wah, ooh-wah. We were 
done for the night. <laughs> and she just said thanks for, you know, being respectful to these beings and using like the correct terms and just uh, keep doing what we're doing. So shout out to you. Thank you for that story. Uh, it's kind of been in here for a while now, but we're going through them. We're going through them. Yeah, but ooh, that was a good one. Yeah, that's one thing about when we get stories. Sometimes when they're like in text, and then you <clears throat> you send us multiple stories, we get lost. Um, and so I got a story from Jonathan Blackbear. Man, this is from October, twenty twenty two. Like, just a lot of stories going on. But so I've I have briefly mentioned this story before. Um, I think at a live event, and also too maybe even on another podcast. Um, but he he tells. Um, kind of the other perspective of that story. So, um, so this story is uh, is Louis Jackson's story. He was the uh, athletics director over at Sequoia for a lot of years, and he was a really good friend of mine, uh, my grandpa. And um, this story comes out of Kenwood. Um, so one, so uh, this is how this this is how this story was told. So there was somebody who lived out on the edge of this field. On the other edge of the field was a big hill. The kids were playing outside. It was getting real close to dusk. The kids could hear something moving on the hill, and they go inside and get their grandma. She comes out looking across the field, and they see movement at the edge of the woods. She grabs them and tells them to get inside and cover the windows. She tells them to get down on the floor and to cover their <coughs> eyes. He, he basically said that uh, what was seen was best be described as the flying monkeys off the Wizard of Oz. Mm. He said that they were actual <coughs> demons, is how what he would say. And, you know, you could hear basically flapping of the wings coming over the house. Whoa. And so that story, like I said, I've told that story before, but one thing, too, that, like, he gave me a little bit more background on it. And one thing about in that Kenwood area, they've, they've – been reported as seeing monkeys kind of in the trees and you know, flapping about and, and things like that. Um, you know, one time he tells his own personal story. He's driving down the road and he kind of looks off to the side and there's a little monkey. Yeah, there's like a monkey standing next to the road and he sees it go up the tree and then they went back and, you know, it got back and they went back out to look and it wasn't even there. There's nothing there. And so, you know, that's that's out of the Kenwood area. Kind of Cherokee Nation res. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Jonathan, man. I, I've had that one in the tuck for a while, but I appreciate you sharing that. What do you guys think of that? I've heard a lot of stories of monkeys, um, yeah. either in Oklahoma. Um, and it's always kind of the same story. Like a circus train was like <laughs> traveling, you know, uh, cross country and there was a wreck. Um, the only reason I mentioned that is because Russell had, had told a story. Was it up in Pawnee about that? And then when I did my research for the folk monster up in Arkansas, folk Arkansas, they said that that was another um, theory about where the folk monster had come from, that it was a wrecked circus train and there was these apes that had escaped and had just, you know, gone on, which they said is, you know, it's plausible because the environment and the habitat would be okay that they could survive in that kind of, you know, environment. Mm -hmm. But as far as going back and like looking at, like historical records, like newspaper articles and things like that, that there was nothing, 
you know, ever found or published that there was maybe a, a train wreck, but no like escaped animals, you know, where it'd be a lion or, but monkeys always seem to be the, <laughs> the culprits whenever there yeah. is a, a train wreck of some kind. But I just kind of thought that was interesting, but yeah. It's crazy. Like I, you, it's crazy. You mentioned monkeys because I just heard a few stories about monkeys and Pawnee and, uh, it was um, my aunt Angie Echohawk and Aunt Alice Carroll. We were at the art market in Kiefer, and they called me over there, and they were talking about this time where this, well, I don't want to mention any names, but this man was driving across or driving on this highway, <clears throat> and then, like, they looked in the trees, and they said that they said they seen, like, this orange, like, hand, like, go from one tree to the next, and it would look like a orangutan arm. Mm. And they swore, like, it was, like, an orangutan and then somebody else in the same exact thing, but it was like running, like almost like, you know how like orangutans run? They kind of look like a ball almost. Like that's what he said it looked like. It was like this orange hairy ball that almost was like rolling across the road. And it reminded me of like Critters. You ever, you ever oh, seen the movie yeah. Critters? Dang. Like those balls. That's, I don't, that's what came to my mind. But he said like, man, it had to be an orangutan. The same thing that this person saw. Mm. And so... And then we started talking about just, like, different, like, because I heard that, like you said, like, that was a story of, like, an old, like, circus train was, like, going through town, and it wrecked. And then so that's where, like, these monkeys came from. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of just roamed around the area. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I heard when I was a kid. But I don't, I don't know if that's real or not, if any, if anybody else from Pawnee, because they've heard that, too, um, but anybody else has heard that, man, let me know because like, that's very interesting. And there was one story like we talked about, I heard about this story last year, but it was this guy from high school and he was going out like in the country and I guess he was leaving this house to go back to his house and you know how it is over there, man. It's like nothing out there. And so he said he was driving and he was almost on E. So he was trying to make it back home. And all of a sudden, like he said, he was just driving on a dirt road and this like thing walked out from the woods and it was like a monkey. It was a monkey, like a chimp almost. And it had like this long tail and it was like just walking upright, but it had like red eyes and sharp teeth mm. and it looked right at him. I don't know if it jumped on his car or not, but it looked right at him and he just like, you turned it, went back to the <laughs> house Man. and he told him what happened. And then he was freaked out though. Like, that scared him to, like, death. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I would want to talk to him about that, but I don't know, like, the contact information or anything, but um, I would like to, like, know more about that story if he's able, he's up, because that's scary. Like, yeah, that is. That's yeah. very traumatizing to see that, you know. You don't really know, like, what is truly out there. Mm -hmm. And so, so we were talking about that and just getting spooked and everything. And uh, I just found that interesting, like, monkeys has just been brought up. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy how fate works. No, but um, you know, so like I said, you know, that's that's been something going on for a long time in a lot of different areas, and you know, I, I got another story from Jonathan, um, and this one's a little bit, it's a lot different than the, the previous story, um, and so he was on a, a mission trip to Malaysia, and he was talking to the pastor at a local church uh, before he became a believer in Jesus. Um, he was the second highest priest in the Hindu temple, and. He was called out one night when he was still a Hindu priest, and a girl was possessed. A young girl was possessed. Um, he says that she was doing things that might seem unreal. Dang. 
Um, Look what you did. <laughs> I was like, dang, start moving stuff around now. Um, but but basically, they were saying that she was doing things that night that just like were crazy, just unreal. Um, and he said that uh, at one point she stuck her tongue out, and it was like almost as long as like up down to almost her like her waist, like it from Whoa. her mouth, and, like it was like that long. And uh, he said basically they thought they drove the demon out. But after, you know, after he had become a believer, he had kind of realized um, that the thing, whatever that thing was inside of her, tricked him and faked like it was gone. He ended up coming back. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that basically, that priest goes on to say basically that he thought that, you know, you know they didn't do things right. And so it came back. Uh, I thought it was a pretty crazy story, you know, when it comes to that type of stuff like... I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody anything's better than this, but, you know, for, you know, to see, you know, for him to see that, that pastor to see that and, and, and basically be converted from that to this. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Dang. Tyler? No. <laughs> no, I, was gonna, I think I was at that show. I think they played God of Thunder right right before that happened. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> talk about Kiss. <laughs> she spit blood and... God of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, but that's crazy, though. That, that, that is crazy. That tongue going all the way yeah. down that far. Like, man. Almost like a snake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris, you got, you got a story? Yeah, I got uh, one from... Uh, Russell might have to correct me on the pronunciation. Adrienne Echohawk. Uh, she writes, uh, I forgot to tell you something else. When I'm with Peter, I see orbs from time to time. I always like to stop to look at it, and Peter never sees them. So, about two weeks ago, I was sitting on his lap facing him. We was talking and laughing, and I seen an orb between us. <clears throat> so I watched it, and it flies towards my left shoulder. So I can tell and see that he saw it, too. So I try to touch and grab it, and I say, Did you see that? He said, Yeah. It flew behind, behind you. So I say, See, I told you. I see them floating around all quick because there's zero bugs up here, especially when it's negative degrees. She lives in Alaska, and uh, she's always talking about these orbs in their place. And she was telling one story that uh, one one evening they seen these look, look like little bitty handprints all over their uh, patio window you know it fogs up and it's like they're facing out you know and so anyway she says you know they're always seeing stuff like that up there and you know she was telling me that other story and i thought wow that's pretty crazy so i said dang i appreciate that miss echo hawk those orbs get that close Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway that's one of the stories I have. You got, you guys got Dang. one, man. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's like one thing that. about orbs. You know, like when you people always take pictures or videos, and you kind of see something, you know, kind of going. But like, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, she actually sees them. Like, it's like, is it like different colors, or is it just, just? Did she say anything about that? Maybe uh, she says they're always light blue. Oh wow! Hmm. So oh, wow. I know there's a theory behind you know the different colors of mm-hmm. those orbs, but. 
knowing that information, I can't recall right now. Mm. But I, I do have another story, and <clears throat> this one was kind of anonymous. Um, anyway, it's kind of a off the wall type story, so. I'm just saying that up front, so before anybody comes crashing down, you know, again, this individual, you know, she didn't want to be known, but I'm going to tell her name anyway. No, I'm just kidding. No, no I'm just teasing. But uh, anyway, the uh, story goes that, you know, uh, this is a Oto girl up from around Red Rock Way, and uh, anyway, uh, her and her, her uh, girls... Uh, I forget what they call it. Uh, their homies up there. What do they call them? Anyway. Homies? God. <laughs> oh, man. I can't even think of it. Uh, anyway. Inoto? Yeah, Inoto. Uh, I don't know. I forget what they call it there. Like the the native name? or Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I know if I say it, you'd say, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. Well, anyway, she's at her and her homegirls. You know, they, they went to Harmony to go uh, uh, party around with these Osage guys. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> they uh, had planned this for like a couple of weeks or so. And anyway, story goes, they uh, they went up to go party with those guys because those guys invited them. Uh, and my understanding, this this story happened, you know, way back, you know, before cell phones and everything. So somehow they got a message saying that party's going on, you know. And so they went up there that weekend, and and uh, these girls, uh, they run across uh, this carload of guys. They were uh, broke down on the side of the road on Highway 20, uh, right on the outskirts of Harmony, and. Uh, she said they pulled up behind them because she recognized who they were, you know. So anyway, they got out and talked to them, and they said their car broke down. And they said, well, we can give you a ride, you know, uh, back to your place. And we come down here to hang out anyway. So anyway, they picked them up and took them back to where, you know, this guy was staying and everything. And anyway, make a long story short, you know, they partied, had a good time great night you know and anyway uh sun was starting to come up so you know they said their goodbyes and went back to uh red rock and i guess uh next couple of days they had heard uh uh a word that uh <clears throat> there was a, a wreck a couple weeks ahead before they went down there and and supposedly that wreck had all those guys in there Mm. and uh so it kind of flipped her out she she called up all her homegirls and she said did you hear so-and-so passed away and you know this guy passed away this guy passed away and they said oh that can't be so they said well let's load up after work and we'll go down there and you know go to their house you know see you know so they went down there and they got down there to that house and it's been empty for a long time because everything was already moved out of there and, you know, stuff like that. So they asked around, you know, and come to find out those group of guys, they all got killed in a car wreck, you know, Whoa. about four weeks, you know, past, you know. And they said, dang, she said, that was crazy, you know, because they said, you know, that not only did they, you know, pick them up, but took them back and 
They partied with them. And, yeah. What? <laughs> oh, my Whoa. goodness. And then came back, you know, found all that. And I thought, man, that's a crazy that story. Is crazy. What? But anyway. Man. Uh, again, you know, I know a lot of Indian communities, they have similar stories to that. And again, I appreciate this individual. I know she's a, uh, avid listener. So I appreciate that. Aho and Mado. Mm. Appreciate that. Man. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> man, if anybody has any more stories like that, send them to us. Dang, Chris, that gave me goosebumps, man. That, yeah. Golly, man. That's scary. Dang. And they partied with him mm. all night long? Mm-hmm. So, oh, what they my. say they took him to that house? Took him to that house. The one that was empty? Yeah, the one that was empty because that's where that guy lived. Oh my god! <laughs> that's oh crazy. my goodness! Well, man, I couldn't imagine. I'd be freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that was a pretty good one though. That Dang, good. that was yeah. I'm kind of shook by that. Yeah, awesome. we're done. Yeah. No, ah. <laughs> See y'all next. Time. Chris ended it. <laughs> Man, wow. Damn, that was a good one. I want to hear more about that. Yeah, yeah, like stories like that, like where later on you find out, like, oh, they're they're gone. Yeah, they're, they're no gone. longer with us, Man. and it's like, whoa. <laughs> they're out there too. I know. I know there's some out there. God. Man, I have a. This one's a hide and seek story. Hmm. And so it's got uh remained anonymous, but from 2004, me and my, me and about nine other little cousins wanted to play hide and seek. This was around St. Patrick's day. We started around nine ish, just having fun, being loud. Then during each round, we played our dog. We played our dog started barking at this one spot as kids. We, as kids, we ignored him. So when I was, so when I was the person to go seek him out, I looked where the dogs are barking, but seen no one there. A few more rounds of playing, me and my cousins were hiding behind the house by a propane tank. And behind us is an open field. We heard something behind us is an open field. Uh, we heard something on two legs run up on us. We turned and looked, seen no one. So we both said at the same time, this is the last game. Once we all got to the base, we told the other cousins to go home. It's getting late. And about 20 minutes later, my older brother took the trash out, um, came running to the house calling me and our oldest brother to come out, saying there's something out by the dump. It growled, so we went out to go see. Then we heard it run off into the woods, oh, into the open field on two feet, giggling as it was running. The only thing we could have thought of since it was t- uh, St. Patrick's Day, maybe it was a leprechaun. Mm-hmm. But we don't know to this day. So, man, yeah, mm. especially running up on behind you like that, giggling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. The dogs are barking at it, and they didn't pay attention to it. Time to go inside, man. Jeez, yeah. yeah especially at night, playing hide and go seek. That's scary. You're never supposed to be playing hide and go seek at night. <laughs> you, y'all know, y'all know dang well. Y'all supposed to be in when the, when the street light come on. Y'all know what happens to me when I play hide and go seek at night. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't call me dudes for nothing. Yeah, I got a, another couple of uh, stories from uh, uh, Kevin Tassaquah for Norman, and I, I was gonna let uh, um, Tyler read these for me. Yeah, it says, uh, "Let me introduce myself. My name is Kevin Tassaquah. I'm Comanche from Southwest Oklahoma. Uh, back in the early '90s, my uncle bought a house in a place they call Richard Spur." 
Mm. One evening, he was working on the inside, remodeling, and he heard a knock at the door. When he went to answer it, there was an old Indian man there asking if he could have a drink of water. My uncle let him in, and the old man sat on some carpet while my uncle went to get him water. When he brought his water, he asked my uncle who his people were, and my uncle said uh, Pakati Kelso uh, was his grandpa. Mm. And the old man said, yeah, I know him. And then he asked for a cigarette, and he gave him one. And the old man told him about some neighbors around who was good and who was bad. The old man told my uncle his name and thanked him for the water and the smoke and said he would see him again and left. A few days later, my uncle told my grandma that he had his first visitor and he told my grandma his name, and my grandma said that she knew him, but that he had died a few years earlier. Wow. Man. So he says here he thinks he was coming to check out who was moving in there to see if that was a good person or not. Oh, <laughs> dang. So that's a cool that's story. A, a, he has a, another, oh, there's another there's one? Another he has a, yeah, he has another Listen story. to that phone, Tyler. Oh. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Chris, you wear that? No, oh, <laughs> what is Air that? Day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't leave much of the imagination on nah. this. <laughs> Says, I watched your episode about the ghost highway, and I have a story that happened to me. Um, I don't know if you heard about the Indian uh, City Hill, but one night about 11, I was on my way to work, and a car got right behind me with its bright lights on. And I looked in my rearview mirror, and someone was sitting in the back seat. I just told it that I was on my way to work, and that I was more than welcome to ride. That it was more than welcome to ride. Then, when I got close to Anadarko, the car backed off, and the person was gone. Mm. Mm. So that one's that one's a creepy one too. <laughs> yeah, I always have that big fear, man, of getting in your car. I don't know if it's just because of that Twilight Zone episode. But you know what I mean? Like getting in your car and somebody being back there. I've heard a story about that too. Um, picking up like a hitchhiker and the hitchhiker giving somebody like some information that would later on like save them. Mm. And then mm. when they like looked back or whatever, like the person was gone. Like, I don't mm. remember that story though. I'll have to see if I can remember, do some research on that. But Whoa. it happened to a person that I know. Um, so they picked up a hitchhiker and was just kind of, casually talking to him and um i think the same thing bummed a smoke and guy was just sitting in the backseat smoking and then told them some kind of information that ended up saving their life um mm. but um they looked back and he was just disappeared like mm. just mm. gone you know and then whenever they got to where they were going to go something had happened man i can't remember that whole story but mm. yeah i'll have to see if i can do some research on that one Sure, appreciate that, Mr. Tossaquah. Yeah, that was a, two good stories. Those were awesome. Thank <clears throat> you for sending those. Find out those stories. Yeah, 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 for sure. Dang. I remember somebody telling me. It's in my family, too, but I have to remember who that was. I talked to my, my parents, maybe. Man, Whoa. I come back on the podcast, and y'all bring this heat? <sighs> yeah. Dang. All for you. Dang, I appreciate that. <laughs> Man, those are some great stories. And that's one thing that, like, you know, when we talk about things, I, I love it that we get, like, an after effect from people. People just say, hey, man, I got this story of this, this, and this. It's like, man, and a lot of these stories are awesome. I mean, there are a lot of them. I mean, just about every one of them are awesome. And we appreciate y'all sending those in because uh, we're going to tell them. Yeah. I got about two more. How many you got, Chris? I think, well, I can't, I'm having trouble finding mine. So, Ooh. 
<laughs> if you find them, let me know. Okay. All right. So this one is from Ty Stewart. Um, he wants credit for it. Um, so he says, I used to work in the cash vault at the Cherokee Casino in West Salem. I had two older Indian ladies that were my supervisors. And we were when we were in the vault, our receipt machine that would tell us how much money we had ran through the machine would just start printing receipts with no one around it. No big deal. We would just laugh and keep working. Well, I got a new position and wasn't back there for a few months. One night, they needed help, so I went back to help the new girl. The machine started again, and the new girl was freaking out. And I asked her if that's the first time it's ever done that. And she said yes. Me and the two supervisors just laughed and said, if you're in here with us, print another receipt off. And it printed a five-foot-long receipt. (laughs) What? That's crazy. Dang. I wonder what it was, though. I don't know. <laughs> that's, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. I thought it might have some kind of like message or something on it. <laughs> Man. Oh, that would have been crazy. Yeah. Look behind you now. Yeah. <laughs> like, dang. like in, uh, what's it called? Like the numbers. Um, when you, know, you receive messages and numbers sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what's that? Morse? Is that Morse code? No, Morse code is. Is that D? Yeah. Well, what's the numbers? Yeah. I know there's a number one where... It's, uh, what is it? Uh, it's like a... Uh, never mind, man. I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> I know there's something it was like that, that. that movie with Jim Carrey, like the number 23 or something like that. That's when he goes psycho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he went... He went, he went. Throw, that, throw that receipt machine out then. Yeah. <laughs> Do more than that, man. Re- <laughs> reboot that thing. <laughs> Exercise that demon. <laughs> and then I'll do one more... Uh, okay, so this one is from Solomon Wilson. Um, an old Muscogee man was friends with an old white man who was a cattle rancher. The cattle rancher owned land not far from a ceremonial ground. A creek ran through the cattle rancher's land. Before the cattle rancher owned that land, Muscogee... And white people from around that area used to get water and swim in that creek until people started vanishing in the water. So people looked for their bodies and some were found with tips of their noses gone and earlobes gone as well. Mm. The Muscogee people around that area knew why those parts of the bodies were missing. So they stopped going or traveling by that creek. As years came and gone, that land with the creek came up for sale and the white cattle rancher bought it. He became friends with the Muscogee man that lived down the road from his piece of land he bought one day he was driving by the creek on his land to check on his cattle and saw something he didn't recognize swimming in that creek he thought it was a buck so he shot it and roped around and roped around the horns and pulled it out of the creek with his truck he got out of his truck to untie the rope and came and come to find out it wasn't a buck at all but a creature with horns on a horns with horns on its face of an old man with long gray hair and body of a snake. Mm. He didn't know what to make of it, so he called his Muscogee friend down the road. The cattle rancher told him he shot something, thinking it was a buck swimming in his creek. The Muscogee man asked, what does it look like? So he told him uh, he had horns on his face of an old man with long gray hair and a body of a snake. The cattle rancher said, come and look at it, but the Muscogee man said he knew what it is and the story of the creek. So he told him, no, I can't, and made up an excuse not to go see it because he knew what would happen. He told the cattle rancher to get rid of it. A few days later, the cattle rancher died. The Muscogee man knew 
what that creature was in our language. Uh, if it was looked upon a person, if it was looked upon, a person would get sick and die. If they did not get healed by medicine, man, you only have a few days from the time you saw it. Uh, I thought I would share that story with y'all. Keep up the, keep up the good storytelling and segments. I enjoy them. Uh, that is all. Mm. Mudo. Yeah, Appreciate that. That's a good one. I like that one. Uh, this one's from Anonymous. Uh, it says, last episode I watched Winter Spirits. And then you guys mentioned Bigfoot. You know, about 20 years, um, if you remember, there was a huge ice storm. Um, we got two to three inches of ice. Well, my dad got us a trailer home to live in on my grandparents' land east of Walika. Uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. So during that ice storm, we had power a power water line. Were our, sorry. So during the ice storm, we had power water line were frozen. Power and water lines were frozen, but had an old outhouse about 50 yards away. And we had a cable wire leading to the outhouse so that we wouldn't slip. My dad asked us if we had to go to the bathroom. I had to, so we walked down to the outhouse, and this was the night about 2 in the morning. I let him go first to warm the seat up. (laughs) (laughs) And just about as he was finished, we heard branches breaking off to the north, several hundred feet up. At first, my dad thought it was the weight of the ice on the trees that were making the branches break. Then uh, three tree branches started to break faster, like something was running. And I started to get scared, and my dad was like, hurry up. After hearing that, I didn't even have to go. But a few seconds later, we heard it scream. Well, more like a howl. And I ran to the house and left dad behind. He was laughing, saying, slow down, wait for me. And I asked dad what that uh, was, and and he said it in Creek, big man. And then he gives the name of it mm. <laughs> in Creek, which I'm, I won't say that, but, um, but yeah, that's awesome. I remember that ice storm. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> that was awful. That was awful. And so I got a, um, I got one that, uh, was, was told to me probably, like I said, a while ago. Um, this comes from a, a cousin of mine, non-native by the way too. And so this is kind of interesting kind of dynamic, but, um, he was hunting one time and I'm not, I'm not gonna tell where it was at, but, um, but he was out hunting and, uh, he started hearing things like he started kind of, it, things started piquing his interest, kind of distracting him. And he started kind of following it cause he was thinking maybe, you know, get on a specific game trail, you know, and you get to where you need to go and, and, you know, to hunt. And he follows this, and he said it was like a, uh, not like a whistle, but it was almost like a, it was like enticing him almost. And so he follows it, and he goes to look at his phone. He's he's been gone for a while. He it felt like minutes, you know, kind of felt didn't really feel that long that long of a time. And he ends up walking all the way down, and <clears throat> and he's like fifteen miles away from his truck. And he has a, a native friend of his, and he asked him, he said, hey, I had something weird happen to me, and I don't know really quite what was going on, but I ended up 15 miles away from my car, and it felt like I did it in, like, seconds or minutes. And he goes, he goes, what was your mindset? And he just kind of was telling him, kind of was just following this this thing, and I was like, I was just following this noise. 
And the guy that he was talking to, native guy, was like, well, you know, LP, they affect non-natives too. If you get in there, you get on their trail. And so, you know, I was talking, I was talking to my dad about that and he's like, yeah, he's like, sometimes when, you know, when you're in areas and places that you usually go and there's certain times, you know, those things can affect you, especially as a non-native, you know, someone who's, you know, doesn't really, he believes in Bigfoot and all this stuff. But when it comes to that stuff, you know, he, you know, he was like, man, I didn't know that the LP could affect non-natives too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you go on their trail and you follow them all the way down, they'll get you lost and get you, you know, get you kind of away from where, you know, where, you know, they were at. But I thought that was pretty interesting about that, you know, that they was kind of guiding him off and he was like 15 miles away. <laughs> he looked up, he was like, man, what time is it? And it was like, a, like way longer than it was. Mm-hmm. And he looked and he said, dang, where's my, he started looking at the map, you know, and he's like, oh man, I'm like, I'm like far. Like I'm, so he had to trek, figure his way all the way back and got back to his truck, mm. thankfully. But like, yeah, I was like, dang, I was like, man, I guess they do kind of <laughs> affect people, you know, all people really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, they can. Tyler. Oh, I was going to say, no. yeah, we, we did, well, I was gonna say, we did talk about that though, you know, on that LP episode, mm-hmm. how they can kind of twist up space and time and yeah. distance and mm-hmm. you know um so anyway but yeah, yeah he, he, very he, possible yeah he was telling my dad that and i was like man because he like, like he said and like you know people that don't know these things that don't go out there they when they when they when they get hit with something like that it's almost shocking you know we know it though yeah we know it kind yeah of i like weird. the idea though when you said it wasn't really like a bean it was just a noise that he seemed to be following, yeah. you know, it wasn't like anything that was revealed to him other mm-hmm. than just kind of following the sound. And yeah. before you know it, you're 15 miles away yeah. from your car. He said it was so enticing too. <laughs> it was like, he just, it's like his mind was like, yeah, what is that? He kept trying to get more curious about it. Yeah. He, he'd, you know, speed up and, you know, so that's crazy. You know? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Try any more, Chris? No, my, my, uh, it's all messed up. <laughs> I'll look through it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Oh, be careful. <laughs> you might not be right after that. <laughs> you want to talk about twisting your mind up. Uh, <laughs> you're sitting there. Sharma, come on. Your face all twisted up. No. Missing your nose. Oh. Tip of your nose. <laughs> Miss your earlobe. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. They pull you in, <laughs> twist you up, spit you out. <laughs> you never be right again. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to go to, we're going to talk about giants on this mm. episode. Not the New York giants. <laughs> no, just giants in general. Or the San Francisco giants. <laughs> San Francisco giants. But uh, yeah, so we thought this would be. A cool topic to talk about. I know there's been a lot of talk about giants now, like present day people are f- seeing them on mountaintops or like mm-hmm. in caves. And so I know there's a lot of tribes that, you know, probably fought some giants as well. I know of one from my buddy, James McLeod, shout out Rye Potatoes. But, but yeah, I just thought, you know, we thought we'd talk about some giants. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chris, uh, lead, lead us off here. Uh, I sure appreciate you guys uh, picking this topic. You know, to me, it's uh, 
something that hasn't been, you know, really expressed a lot, especially in Indian country. But, you know, just like uh, Russell was saying, you know, there's a lot of tribes out there that have stories about giants. <clears throat> and uh, I know we were talking a little bit about this earlier, and I know Tyler had, you know, some questions and and I was trying my best to kind of answer those things, you know, and so I'm going to try my best to address some of this stuff. And I hope, you know, I, I uh, sometimes I, I leave things out. So, again, I apologize in advance, you know, if I leave, leave something out or I don't tell it just right, you know, because uh, I know a lot of tribes out there have these old ancient stories. You know, one of the, the stories that, you know, I was wanting to kind of, talk a little bit about you know to kind of put a reference on this is you know every tribe had a group of individuals that they considered giants you know tall people big people you know there were osages were one of them that you know they considered real huge they were big people at one time you know they were they were huge tall and uh you know you also had pawnees you know as well you know uh uh one of the most famous ones that, you know, even today in Pawnee, they have a picture of him in in the building that he's named after. And his name is Rome Chief. You know, they said, you know, there were stories of him. He was seven and a half feet tall, almost eight feet tall guy, you know, and he's got descendants that are still around today. You know, they're tall, tall guys, too. So, you know, again, you're you're looking at, you know. Uh, uh, real things, real people, you know, uh, there were chiefs that were, that were named from the many nations because of their size, you know, how tall they were, how big they were, you know, but, you know, some of the stories that I'm going to tell tonight, you know, it comes from the five tribes. And so, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about right now, you know, is, is more Muscogee oriented. You know, again, you know, around those Appalachian Mountains and around Georgia and even in the Everglades, you know, there were people there that was known to be eight feet tall. You know, they were tribal town members and they were huge. And uh, without offending anybody, because I know there's still descendants of these individuals, you know, still around, you know, they're still around. And again, just like those Pawnees, you'll see the, these people. They're tall. They're tall people. You know, their descendants are still tall. You know, but, you know, uh, to me, that that is more specific that these things did exist. You know, um, again, way back then, they had stories of these people which were good and some were, weren't so good. You know, they would... Uh, raid other villages or pick on people you know and uh some of these tribes had to uh how you say band together to uh defeat these individuals but you know i was told that there was uh uh how you say kind of like a tribal town of these giants down there in the florida area you know and they were known you know to wage war on local tribes, you know, and they were dominant. Not only were they dominant with the people, but they were do dominant with the animals and the spirits. And, you know, eventually, you know, again, they kind of all passed away, you know, but again, there's, their descendants are still around. 
you know, and they may not be practicing the things that they used to do. But, you know, again, to me, you know, there are, uh, how you say, evidence that these families still exist. So, again, you know, when when we refer to giants, you know, it's just the way you, you refer to it. You know, uh, some people think they're like super tall, but and they were, you know, uh, they also had spirits that or entities that were considered giants. And, and this one that I'm getting ready to talk about. Again, you know, uh, for the safety of everyone, you know, he, he's not going to be named. But, you know, again, he comes from those Appalachian Mountain area, you know, and uh, my understanding, you know, there are caves there that have depictions of this entity, you know, uh, still around. And uh, my understanding, you know, of course, you know, they're not shown to the public and only very few people know you know, that these things still exist, but, you know, there are depictions of it, you know, and this thing, you know, they say, you know, again, he was taller than trees, uh, but he was kind of more of a, a mountain spirit, you know, if you were roaming through those mountains, you know, and you didn't pay homage to him, he would come and devour you and your whole crew, you know, so if they were going to take a war party through there, they would always leave offerings, you know, good ways, you know, to to appease him, you know, because if not, nobody would you they wouldn't find none of you guys, you know. So, again, you know, they they had stories like that, you know, about these entities. And um, again, another thing I think is cool about these old ancient stories about this individual is when you knew he was coming, he would make that wind whistle. And, you know, if you're ever out in the uh, wilderness or out in the open and you hear that wind, it, you know, it begins to whistle, you know. And back in those areas, those amongst those five tribes, they would say that thing is near. And, you know, they would do what, what, what is accordingly, you know, uh, to leave an offering so he doesn't take people. You know, he was known to take children. He was known to take women. But he was also known to take warriors, too, war parties, whole war parties, you know. Uh, and again, you know, uh, those kind of stories you don't hardly hear about anymore, you know. Um, Another thing, you know, kind of kicking it back, you know, even older, you know, this uh, this entity or this story, you know, is more claimed by the Plains tribes. But about every nationality or every Indian tribe, they kind of had a similar belief or a similar story of this individual. And his name was Redhorn, you know, and there's a lot of writings and materials on this entity or, or on this guy, uh, Redhorn, he was kind of like the original Indian, you know, uh, he was the one that, uh, he fought those giants, and, uh, he battled them out, you know, and, uh, creator gave him some special powers to defeat these guys, because these giants, you know, the original story is, they were being very, uh, oh, how you say, 
abusive. You know, they were coming down just wiping people out, you know, and and just doing awful things. So Creator blessed this individual to uh, to defeat them. And uh, before he took the head of the chief of the giants, he killed them all off except for two. And it was that uh, chief and his daughter. And he was getting ready to cut his head off. And they, the story goes that, you know, that chief made a bargain. He said, I'll give you my head, but you're going to have to marry my daughter. And so he said, well, that's compromisable. He said, that's good trade so they traded you know he took his head and he took his uh his daughter as a as a wife and you know again uh uh there's a lot of caves with the depiction of red horn uh all the way up in the canadas all the way into mexico there are depictions of red horn everywhere you know so again you know, uh, whether you believe or don't believe or whatever, you know, there are signs out there from everyone that giants did exist, you know, even into the today, you know, uh, uh, even the, the good book, the Bible I'm talking about, you know, talks about giants, you know, and there's a lot of argument over that book of Genesis, you know, of uh, Adam being first man. You know, a lot of them considered him a giant at that time. You know, and, and from there, you know, uh, those Jewish people, they have a name for them. And I think they call them something like Nep Nepalus or something like that. Nephilim. Nephilim. Or, yeah, you got it. And... That, that's what they called them, you know, and again, you know, it was depicted in the Bible, you know, and of course you heard the famous story of, uh, what is that, that little boy defeating Goliath. Oh, Goliath. David and Goliath. David and Goliath, you know, it's all up and down in that good book, you know, about giants, you know, whether I'm getting this correct or what, but it's there. So, you know, it's up to you to, you know, do your own research and, and make your own opinion about this topic. But, you know, again, you know, you go across the waters, you know, the Irish people, they have names for giants. You have uh, Arab countries, you know, that have beliefs in giants. You know, you got Africans, you know, that have stories of these giants with, uh, how you say, mythological superpowers, you know, and, you know, sometimes, you know, some of these things are called upon for good and bad, you know, so again, you know, you're, you're looking at a whole different philosophy when you're thinking about giants. And again, you know, in Indian country, you know, there are millions and millions of stories of tribes that were giants or people that were giants. The Ponca Nation, you know, uh, they have a, a few songs that are ceremonial that talk about a giant that comes to their village and was really picking on them. He wasn't killing them or, or eating them. He would just come and beat them up and throw them around. And they finally got tired of him. And, you know, they waged war on this giant. And they they killed him. And that's what that, that song talks about, you know, in there. 
And so, you know, you've got, you know, stories and songs like that. You've got even in, uh, what is it, uh, Virginia area, West Virginia area, amongst those tribes, that, <coughs> excuse me, they have stories of giants in their area, you know, and these giants were more cannibalistic, you know, they went to go and eat people, you know, and, uh, again, these giants had, uh, supposedly supernatural abilities, you know, they could vanish, they could, of course, run fast, and, you know, they could just appear and disappear, you know, at, at a moment's notice, and so it took supernatural abilities to battle those things, so, you know, those tribes in those areas, you know, they, they had to do those kind of things. You go to uh state of Washington, you know, they had stories of giants, you know, that were, were just straight evil, you know, and amongst those tribes, especially the ones that lived on the coast, you know, uh, uh, they all had some sort of old ancient ceremony that talked or dealt with these giants, you know, in, in one form or of another. So again, you know, uh, you know, when you're, you're talking about giants, you know, there's, there's a whole different type of philosophy you've got to look at, you know, um, and again, you know, some of these giants were gifted, you know, with, with, uh, certain medicines and supernatural abilities to be able to see into the future as well. This goes back to the Muscogee people. <clears throat> Again, this story that I'm getting ready to tell is an old, ancient story. You know, and it's a Muscogee story. And, you know, like I was say telling you that, you know, some of these had the ability to see future. You know, have that ability to, to uh, tell you things. Well, you know, they predicted the coming of uh of of today's i don't know what you call it today's lifestyle and i was told that this uh group of giants they were so heartbroken for their people that they all had a great council and they talked amongst themselves and they told them said you know we're gonna all be enslaved we're all gonna lose everything you know, and, you know, the creator will test us, you know, and, and do we want to put our people through that? Do we want to put our children and grandchildren, and all our lineage in that, that kind of suffering? And those giants, you know, agreed that that, you know, wasn't for them. And how the story goes, they uh, met up at this great body of water. They had a big feast, you know, and they all made everything right. And they sung this old song, you know, it was a departing song. And while they were singing, one by one, they jumped into that water. And, you know, they drowned themselves till the last one. And uh, he was told to stay to tell that story. And that's how that story goes. Modo. Whoa. Man. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, and Chris said this earlier, but 
you know, my kind of my gauge on Giants are is, you know, over the course of history, you have different, um, I guess you say tribes, nations, clans, things of that nature over, you know, over in Europe and, you know, Russia, China, all Japan. The first time I ever heard about Giants and when it pertained to like an indigenous people would be the red-haired giants giants out of Korea. Um, they have a they have lore of these giants coming out of caves uh, in North Korea, North Korea area, and they come out and they they brutalize the people there. Um, and if you look at it, like in, you know if you hear different stories from different tribes people, you know in uh, uh, Afghanistan you got the giant of Kandahar. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a well known story. Um, those tribe those tribes and those people over there, they they talk about Kandahar and it's this area, which is all mountains. And they say that there's there's mystical things that happen out there. Um, one of them being giant red headed giants. Um, now the the it looks like a like a someone from Afghanistan, but it's got red hair, which is kind of crazy. You know, you think about that, but. Mm. Especially in that area, but but what they but what they have those supernatural powers that Chris alludes to, you know, they just look a little different. And what you know, what those people over there say, you know, that they do, you know, like tell the future. Um, they can move things. They you know basically they can change the the way the mountain is over there. And there's this there's a, this is a kind of a crazy story, but it's a story that's you know that has trickled out you know amongst those people and then also too amongst our people being over there and it was called it's called the giant uh, kandahar is right is that how it's pronounced i think but Mm. have you guys heard of that Mm -hmm. giant okay is that the army one this the army one so early 2000s um we go in obviously you guys 9-11 happens when we go over there and the the tribes and the people over there are telling our soldiers, "Hey, do not go in this area. It's sacred. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, there's things there that you won't be able to describe." Well, our troops, you know, us being, you know, the way we are sometimes with our with our military, uh, we went in there anyways. And what they found was a clan of giants, fifteen foot tall. You know, twelve foot tall. They were not normal, and they're redheaded, and they come out of this cave. Well, our soldiers get into this firefight. I mean, pretty crazy firefight, and they ended up. I think, like I said, I don't know how exactly how. Like, there's different stories, but essentially, we eradicated them, and um, you know, with all like all of the weapons that we had there, and the tribes people weren't weren't happy because sometimes those giants would bring good good things to them if they gave them the offerings. Um, now I heard something from, uh, you know, I said, I heard something, another way from the story from, uh, I had to translate too. It was like in subtitles. So like, I don't know if, I don't know if this is exactly what was that person was saying, but essentially they were upset with, with us about that because they would bring those good things down to them, you know? And so once we did that, things have never been the same over there. They ain't been like, you know, the way that things have been always been for those people. And so there's stories of these giants all over the place. Um, here in America, 
I know, um, you know, Chris mentioned the swamps. They're still seeing those things out there. They're still seeing uh, a gi- giants out there. Now, giants as in maybe 11 foot tall, maybe 10, maybe 9. Not like it was, you know, like, you know, 25 foot tall, crazy, you know, but. Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Russellzilla. <laughs> Russellzilla. Russellzilla. <laughs> nah. But uh, but they're seeing those things. And, and one thing, too, that, like, I, I was doing some research on this before, you know, we, we you know, obviously convened for this. Um, there's a common thread, but there's a common thread of of these red haired giants that we have seen from the northeast to the south to the plains to the southwest and all the way up until the Pacific Northwest and different chiefs uh, of different nations and, and and tribes they have come out and you know have you know books have been written. There was a book that was written in eighteen eighteen ninety nine by and I cannot remember the name of this this woman but she's from I can't it might have been plain one of the plains tribes or southwest like I said I'm my memory on that it was written in, in 1899 and basically it details this fight that happened between these very tall white pale red-headed uh being or giants basically uh and they went to war for like 3 years um, then they eventually kind of vanquished them. The creator kind of gave them some extra, uh, extra power to be able to vanquish these these beings in the southwest. Um, and so there's all like I said, all types of crazy stories, and I don't want to say crazy, but like they're just stories that you know that have kind of been lost. You look at, uh, I know Chris mentioned Minnesota off air, but there's they're finding bones all like basically every year up there in, in Minnesota area, Ohio, all those mounds that were out there, you know? Um, but that's one thing that's just crazy about this topic. I mean, it hits every, every nation, tribe, ethnicity, nationality. Um, and there's a few more, but like I said, man, that, but, uh, to bring it back, you know, it's, it's crazy to, to hear those stories, you know, that they're around. Another uh, story I was wanting to kind of just touch bases, you know, just uh, mention, you know, again, I don't mean no disrespect or anything. Uh, you know, I was told uh, that the Quapaws had a story of a female giant. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, amongst the Osages, Oto, no, Osages, Quapaws, Calls, you know, those those kind of Ponkas, you know, uh, they all have similar stories. They have a set of stories that they call Hiko. You know, uh, those are their winter stories. And uh, these are more, uh, I don't know what you call, in-depth kind of stories. You know, that they only tell a certain time of the, of the year. You know, they're different than your average spooky story. You know, uh, but... They have a set of those uh, female giants amongst the Quapaws. And the way they describe this uh, giant, you know, she's super tall, you know, probably about 10 feet. She's got long hair. But uh, I guess how you say her female organs are super long. And she holds them over her shoulders to uh, capture or nurse children 
because that's, you know, what she likes to devour. But she had sisters. Uh, might have this wrong, but, you know, they had their purposes too. But, again, they have a whole set of those kind of stories. And that was told to me uh, or sent to me, actually, by uh, uh, one of their Quapaw researchers, uh, Billy Proctor. And, uh, again, you know, uh, he, he has, has a whole set of those kind of stories. And I told him, I said, you know, I'll leave that to you guys. So, you know, but I, I did tell him I would kind of just briefly talk about that. You know, again, I got another set of stories from the Kiowa people that they, uh, waged war on, uh, these, uh, kind of giants and, uh, these giants, you know, uh, course uh kiowa people were also known to be big people too you know and and uh, my understanding this battle happened up north and uh they were able to vanquish those giants at that time and so the story goes just to you know they had a big battle you know because these things kept coming in and you know just kind of wreaking havoc on the whole place so Anyway, they went to war with them, and they defeated them, you know, but they had to get, you know, help from the Creator to do this, you know, so, you know, Creator sent them some special help, so anyway, anyway, I think those kind of stories are pretty cool, but if you want to learn more about those kind of stories, definitely go visit them, you know, and ask ask from them. I know the Choctaw, before they, they came over here, uh, back Mississippi, old Mississippi Choctaw days, they used to have a story about giants that would that were uh, brought on a, in a big canoe, like a ark almost. But the, they came came up to the shores of Mississippi, and so the, they have a story about the first time they ever saw them. And I I don't know it offhand, but I just know that that story's out there about these giants coming up in these boats. I guess basically they came up to greet them, and so that's pretty crazy too. Dang. Yeah. I mean, uh, the one I know is uh, from Life Life Among Paiutes, I believe is what it's called, or Among the Paiutes. And that's what my buddy James was talking about. Because we had a podcast like years ago, and we were just talking about the things that are in Nevada. He was talking about a serpent being in their lake. And he was talking about, we just started talking about these giants. Because, uh, oh, I asked him. There was this picture floating around the internet. It's these two guys, and I guess they explored this cave where they were at, and they had this huge, like, skeleton, like, just in this coffin, and it's kind of just has its arms crossed, and it's, like, 10 foot, 11 foot tall, 12 foot maybe, and they're just standing by it, and it's it was floating around, you know, and it said, you know, this is a, this is a cannibalistic giant, a red-haired giant that the Paiutes fought. And so, you know, internet, you can't really believe what everybody says is true. And so I screenshot that picture and I sent it to him. And I said, James is like, is this real? Is this like a real story or are they, you know, are they just trying to get some likes and views and stuff? And he said, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, that is real. And so we talked about it and he, he read that book. It's called Among the Paiutes. And it's by um, Sarah Winnemucca. I believe is how you say it. And she wrote that book, but she talked about how these giants, they would come to their village, their, you know, where they lived and everything. And they would steal people and they would eat them. And then they would just 
like evil, like evil, these evil beings. And they would take them up to wherever they were, you know. And finally, you know, pirates got tired of it, just like we were saying. And they started, you know, going to war with them. And so, man, they would battle for years, years ago on. Finally, like, um, they got enough whatever to chase them up this mountain. And they, they got them in this mountain. And they trapped them inside. And they lit both, like, they they lit all entries on fire. And they just killed them all, all in that uh, cave uh, in a fire, in a big fire. And so that, that's where that picture came from. Those guys were exploring that cave. And they found these bodies. And they started bringing them out. And that's why they started taking pictures with them and stuff. And so I thought that was really interesting. And, like, just, you know, part of history. Like, that history. Because... You know, he brought up Rome Chief. I never thought of Rome Chief as like a giant, right? But it's always cool to hear that like he was, you know, that's seven, seven and a half feet tall. Like that's that's huge, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean growing up around it, it's like, you know, it's his Rome Chief, you know, and you there's a building named after him and you know, he's he was he was one of our chiefs, you know, he was respectable and everything. But you know, for I never really like thought about his height. You know, but he was a big man is what everybody would say. But just thinking about it now, it's like, wow, you know, that would have been cool if I could be eight foot tall. Just sitting here with you guys. Dang. <laughs> that big old hand on that cup. <laughs> Eating them Big Macs like <laughs> M&M's. Snacks. Ah. <laughs> That little McDonald's bag in my hand. <laughs> you, you know, uh, I know your whole keeps talking about red haired giants, and I want to tell him keep his history to himself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. Linebacker, no. 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 Um, you know, I, I mentioned Red Horn, you know, and, you know, his, his battle with the giants, and, you know, they, you know, he, he made that deal where he had to marry you know that uh that giant's daughter and i know your was, was thinking about that no i'm just kidding no, <laughs> no, no. but but that how they describe that daughter she had red hair you know a lot of people you know to this day argue that that was from the vikings mm. you know uh and they they said that was how they depicted that story when the vikings came here you know they we're always fighting with the natives here, you know, until the natives sent them on their way, you know. Yep. So, you know, again, you know, I don't know, you know. So if you're talking about red-haired giants, yeah, there's even stories about that. But, you know, ma- majority of the stories I was talking more about are native giants, mm. you know, like, you know, r- like he mentioned, Rome Chief, you know, and some of these other ones that, you know, uh, are, are still around today. So, again, you know, uh they did have supernatural abilities, you know, and a lot of them weren't always evil. You know, some of them were good. They helped tribes, you know, just like I was saying, you know, some of them were a group of seers. They would help these tribes, you know, look for the future, you know, and, and help them in agricultural ways and, and supernatural ways, you know. So they weren't always depicted as evil and, and cannibalistic you know although there are a lot of stories like that and i'm sure you know some of it was true so again you know i just wanted to kind of share that light on those giants you know that they were actually people at one time so yeah those are always the stories that i had heard um just on the muskogee side was that they were like a 
like you said, either like a tribal town or like a clan of people um, that I I don't know. I guess the Muscogee here didn't really interact with them too much that they had just sort of kind of come to an agreement like this is our side and that's your side and you just kind of stay on your side. But I guess the whole like um, uh, what am I trying to say, like the uh, meeting place, I guess, or whatever um, was like the the drinking water, like they would have to kind of compromise around the water and that they could only go certain times of the day or they'd only go certain times, you know, of the week or whatever to, to get and retrieve drinking water because um, they didn't want to come across these people because of the way I, they were described to me is like old ones, like, you know, still dressed traditionally. Um, but they were kind of feral. Like they, like their mind wasn't all there. Like they were, kind of simple I guess and that they didn't understand their own strength or they didn't understand you know just how like normal um social skills they didn't have the same social skills that they were rough um or they would you know would kill um not savage but I'm I'm trying to say every word but that but you know what I mean they were kind of easily provoked and so um those are some of the stories that I was told um, about those people. Um, but then there's some that you you hear that they're opposite of that. It was the same thing, only they were gentle, mm-hmm. <laughs> like gentle giants, you know, mm-hmm. and that they were helpful and they would feast and once a year. They would come together and, you know, dance and, you know, feast. And then they would go back their separate ways and, you know, things like that. But, but I think I told you before we started, you know, the, the, feral ones or the savage ones, I guess, were cannibalistic mm-hmm. and that they would devour, you know, women and children. And um, I've always was always told that they would take the bones and put them in the tops of the trees instead of burying them. And I can't, there was a certain tree that they did that with. And if anybody knows that this story, let me know. But um, that the tree back in the day was one of the most beautiful trees, you know, that grew in, in on the lands. And once the giants began putting the bones of, um, I want to say their victims in there, that it became twisted. And that to this day, there's no straight branches on that tree just because of that history behind that, that they would only put, put the bones in those certain trees. And I can't remember the, the tree, but anyway, that's just a story I was told. Yeah. You're, you're correct on that. You know, um, uh especially back in our old country, you know, I'm talking about Alabama, Georgia, Florida, you know, uh, uh, the Carolinas, you know, off in that area, you know, where our our original people came from, you know, they would say that these beings were so sacred when they passed away that they would put, they would bury them in certain trees. And these trees were a reminder for us to to uh, do certain things, you know, to uh, because a lot of times they looked at these these guys as either a forest spirit or a mountain spirit or you know Everglades spirit to keep things right. You know, that's that's actually the mentality of those old ones towards a lot of these giants. You know, they were the protectors. You know, of of certain areas. You know, and they had names for them. And, you know, they say, you know, if you ever see a tree that has more of a, how you say, human, 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 uh, 
form to it. You know, there's trees out there. If you out and about and you look, you know, some of them look like they might have a face. Mm -hmm. Some of them might look like, you know, they're standing there in a certain stance or something. You know, you can't help but think if you know that old history, mm -hmm. maybe one of them was buried in there. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Well, it's like the story because they, when they was. <clears throat> giants would die that they would put those there because that's what they did they put their bones in trees mm -hmm. and i guess the muskogee people saw that and i guess we're maybe trying to honor that way or you know keep it real tradition like that for them and they would put their bodies in those trees instead of burying them mm -hmm. so i don't know that's just the stories i was always told i know the first time i heard that i thought that was kind of a crazy way of, of burying people but you know again that was kind of common amongst those northern tribes during winter time because the ground was so frozen you know they couldn't bust that ground open so sometimes they would put them in trees you know so but you know where did they get that kind of knowledge where to bury people in a tree right you know and so to get to me those original creek stories about those giants make sense to me when i learned that you know they do that up north yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah and oh, go ahead, oh, go ahead. Uh, i was just gonna piggyback off what you were saying about uh so it's lovelock cave in new, new oh, mexico and um so when they when they those two guys that russell mentioned they they brought out that skeleton they brought in and i can't remember the university that, that those guys contacted after they brought that skeleton out well they came in and they basically collapsed the cave the cave so here in the last probably 50 years, they've kind of excavated more. And they found like, at first when they did it, they only found like 10,000 articles and they couldn't find any giant bones. And what they were finding of some of those bones of those, of the normal size people bones is they were carved out. The bone marrow was carved out and it was like a, just a, like a little bone, femur bone. And they were finding that it was all carved out. Like, and I guess that's a sign of cannibalism is when they when they find bones like that. And so years later, they had dug up that cave from the first expedition because they had jacked that whole thing up, and they went further in, and they found what those guys found originally was these giant bones. And it was just carcasses. Like, they were all kind of leaned up. They were thinking maybe, like, smoke inhalation maybe is what got them because they burned the caves down. And as they got further into the caves they started looking up at the ceiling and it all had burn marks on the tops of the caves. And so they, the university, I don't know which one that came in and did the, 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 the confirmation of this, this story that was told in, in among Paiutes, but they confirmed that story. Well, then they started to do uh, kind of more DNA testing on these bones. And they found out that these, these giants had red hair. So I don't know if that's a maybe an indicative thing, but they were. Uh, I don't know if that's like a thing that when you grow that. I don't know if you grow that big, your just hair turns red. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but but uh, but yeah, they they did some DNA testing and they found found out these they had red hair. Um, and you know that's that's a crazy story. You know, something similar to that is over in Papua New Guinea. I believe it's Papua New Guinea, off those islands, kind of. Um, and so it's called Solomon Solomon's Island. So in, back in what was it, the 1400s, Spain sent out an explorer, and he didn't know what to name these islands, and so he just called them. Oh, it's you know at the time I think it was King Solomon was the king, 
And we'll just call them the Solomon King, you know, the, the islands. Well, as time went on, he they were talking to the natives over there, the indigenous people, and they were saying, hey, there's you guys got to need to be careful around this time, around this time of night, because these, these giants come out. And the guy's like, what? Whatever, you know. All right, well, they didn't see, didn't see nothing. So then they're gone years later. And this guy's name, his name is Morris Corum, I think is how you say his name. And this is in the 1900s. Um, and he lives, you know, non-native uh, to that place. And he's living there, and he marries one of the indigenous women there. And so she's telling him, like, hey, there's these giants that still live here, and they come out at night. And I, and I guess they had a kind of a high, kind of a high missing person rate at that time. Like, people were just going missing. Thinking people, oh, they're, they're getting off the island. You know, they want to get back to the mainland. Like, that's kind of what they were thinking. And, you know, he ends up uh, dedicating his life to trying to find these giants on this island. And he goes through and he finds caverns that basically this island sits on top and there's caverns that go along every stretch of this island. This one island in, like I said, I think it's Papua New Guinea is what they, I think is what, what I read. And he ends up... Um, Basically, and now, like I said, now this is, now I don't know if I, you know, who knows, truly. But this is, like I said, 1900s, 1899, whatever, 1800s, whatever. And uh, he, they said that he, he literally killed one in the caves because he was, him and his team were going down there and trying to explore and find something, and they ended up killing one. And to this day, they still say, those natives over there, those indigenous people say that these these giants are still over there. And they and how they're described is, is they look just like the native indigenous people there. They're just big, just like 11, 12 foot tall. And I want to say that's called the Solomon's Solomon Kings Keys Island. I I know it's Solomon Island for sure, but there might be another name for it. But I just find that pretty interesting, you know that that they they still they technically they think they still have them out there. Sure, they do. All right. I mean, today there's still videos on tiktok i mean uh of like these giants on these mountaintops and that one that you told about that army one was it i don't know if i'm thinking of a different one but it was like another is maybe maybe it's the same thing but it was a group of soldiers that went to this one cave and they found a giant and he just started like killing them yeah, yeah is that the same one same one okay but I it was just, a tro- whole tribe of giants? Yeah, that's what they... Well, they said that they found one, but then mm-hmm. they... Like I said, I think I think that's the same story. Um, I just kind of told it briefly, but like a summary of it, because I don't want to be too wordy sometimes, but I feel like I talk too much. You made it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh... No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, that, that's essentially what happened. They found one, and they found the clan mm-hmm. after that. Oh, dang. And so the one that... The, they said the one basically was just, like, mowing people down. Yeah. Like, it was just mowing people down. And they ended up... You know, they. I don't like I, said, I can't remember the ending of it for sure, but I know that they did eradicate yeah. them. Oh. Yeah, they got them. Mm. Sad. I well, know it's bringing bringing that. Uh, that's one thing too. Like to to me, they brought. You know, I. You know, we can go on about you know the removal and all that stuff, and that just kind of makes me think like you know we did it. We did it to you know we did that again. You know, to. People we don't even know, you know, people that ain't even, you know, that are just there. 
Um, you know, I think of that because, like I said, you know, they, these that being or those giants or whatever, you know, I don't know what they're called over there, but you know, they were moving like what they were doing is like the soldiers would be up in these up in these mountains and they'd change the the path for them to go off to the other side, and they do things to keep them kind of protected. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's just kind of crazy, you know, how that kind of shook out with that. Now they say it's alleged, but there's people over there that say that that's that happened. So. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a um, another story I wanted to kind of go over, you know, and this comes from Anchorage, Alaska. You know, right outskirts of Anchorage, there's a set of mountains or a mountain that looks like a person laying down, you know, and it's facing, you know, the sky, they say. And uh, I think they call it Spirit Mountain. I was trying to find it, but I can't find it, but... I know I got some pictures of it in my personal collection, you know, and the story goes is that, you know, long time ago, kind of like the creek story, you know, these giants knew the world was going to come to uh, a bad way and that their time was no longer here. You know, this was kind of a good story, you know, amongst those uh, Alaska natives that, you know, had these kind of stories, you know, and, you know, uh, um, it gifted them, gifted those Alaska natives some uh, healing powers. Because I guess you know, back in when when those giants were around, that you know they used to do the you know ceremonies for them. And my, my understanding, you know, when they were told that things were going to change, you know, they said, "Well, we're going to lay down and put ourselves to rest." And the last one that was there was the one that did form that spirit mountain outside of Anchorage. And when you look at that mountain, you know, again, it has human characteristics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you go up there and take pictures, you can see it. It looks like a big person laying down. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so cool, you know, hearing a story like that. You know, and, and then you have, you flip over to you know the Arizona area amongst those those tribes you know kind of a similar story you know amongst the the uh the natives there and you know again um you know these giants were helpful beings and so again the story goes you know they laid down to uh you know be no more you know, so, uh, but they created, uh, uh, how you say their own image in the rock. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. And so those are the stories that mm. they have of these, these mountains, you know, to show that, you know, their belief in these giants weren't always bad, you know, they, believe that they were good so you know there's certain mountains out there that you know not only amongst native tribes here but across the waters they have certain areas that you know you'll hear a story of you know the giants became no more so they laid down and mm-hmm. uh became one with nature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah that's a that's another thing that's going around is like all these giant mountains and stuff. Like they're actually giants that did do that. They laid down and just 
gone because there's that uh what's that one looks like a giant tree stump and it's uh they think it's a rock but it looks like a giant tree stump and i think they're like trying to call it the the tree of life Hmm. but somebody drew a picture like an artwork of it and then basically like people are saying that's a giant tree that was cut down by i forgot who but it's somebody that wasn't good and so that's why that's there and but somebody drew like giants on top of it fighting these beings crawling up it so it's pretty cool like that was like their last like fight they had before a lot of stuff started happening in the world and so damn i forgot that i forgot that rock but i mean even like there's like giant like rock formations of snakes yeah and there's one there's one of like a crocodile too like this giant crocodile and it's like a rock formation and it's like whoa you know it's like that's pretty scary. <laughs> like, Dang, I imagine I'm like, imagine you're, we're just living our daily life, and all of a sudden this monster snake or you know God, Godzilla. Yeah, well, movie Dang. Troll. Have you guys watched that? Yeah, yeah, on awesome. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it's I need yeah, to check yeah, it out. That's a good one. Yeah, like that. It's just a rock, right? Yeah. And then where's that in Scotland? Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. That's an awesome movie. That if you haven't watched movie. it, you need to watch it. Mm-hmm. That made me think of that, like when you're talking about that, like how it just awakened. Man. You know, they thought it was a rock and it just came up from the ground and it just started wreaking havoc. Mm. Bang. Godzilla. But, then, but then you find out, like, it's pretty much sad, right? Because mm. pe- his people are gone. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. Well, that's like Godzilla. They, they you know, they nuke the, the water and the, the nuclear waste gets down into him and he's like, gets activated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, you just never know. That's like, you truly, you know, we don't, I feel like I'm here, I'll go ahead and put that tinfoil hat on for y'all. Anyways. <laughs> But, you know, we there's a lot of things that are going on that we don't know anything about. And I know, you know, Russell, you were about to touch on it. But what was his name? The guy that had captured that thing on the the hilltop, the mountain? Oh, I forgot. I know what you're talking about, though. It's a TikTok video. Yeah. And, you know, we we I feel like the veil is being lifted on things that we're seeing. Like, I feel like there's been more ghost, you know, more ghost stories, more... Um, Bigfoot stories, more Dogman stories, like more like supernatural, you know, things happening, and, and and you know, for that guy to see that, and then you know, not what was it, two months later, he's passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like one of those type of things, you know. Yeah, what to say, Tyler? We like months. Yeah, a few yeah, months, a few months later. Yeah. So if you guys just type in giants or something on TikTok, and that should be the first video that pops up. But uh, anything else you guys want to bring up? I like this. I like, I like this. That was a good Giants. topic. Yeah. Yeah. Good topic. New York Giants. <laughs> oh, Andre. Let's talk about 1989. <laughs> the Giants from New York. <laughs> Dang, the Little Giants. The Little Giants. It's <laughs> a good movie, man. That holds up. It's on Tubi right now. So I know. I saw it. that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I guess everybody let everybody know where to follow your personals at. You hold a tiger plug yourself. Oh, you hold a tiger on Facebook. Uh, Warcry podcast is my podcast. Um, TikTok one man band nine one eight. Um, I think that's it. Uh, Christopher Honka Hill on TikTok and Instagram. Mudo. 
Uh, Tyler Randall, you can catch me on Skoden Cinema or Skoden underscore Cinema on Instagram. I'm also at Pump Action Podcast. And yeah, that's me. Uh, Russell Sunnigle on Facebook. Check me out on Instagram at Okie Podcasts at Russellless49. Uh, check out Turtle Island Boys, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, me and Robin Jackson from the Classic Wolf podcast have started that. Just a, I'd say it's a joking around type of podcast or just talking about whatever and going off on stuff. Explicit. So check that one out. Uh, Okie podcast as well. Available everywhere. Um, follow us at reservation underscore mysteries on TikTok. Check us out on YouTube, Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation. Subscribe and hit that bell to let you know when we have content coming out. Uh, follow us on Instagram. I believe it's Unsolved Reservation Mysteries. And follow us on Facebook as well. And I think that's it. Also, too, the, the deal still stands. We get 5K on YouTube. Chris has got something for y'all. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a secret. It's a secret, though. No. Yep. <laughs> Look at him. <them>. No. <laughs> but all right, uh, everybody, so stay stay smudged up. Bye.